Hey friend, welcome to the Feel Your Best podcast. I'm your host, Meg Lafferty, and I'm here to tell you that you can feel better. In fact, your best, in your own skin. Yep, I mean you. Busy, hardworking, badass woman who's juggling all the things and at the end of her rope when it comes to her health. I know you, I am you, and my clients you too. It might not seem possible, but you don't have to keep feeling like this in your one and only body. That's why I'm on a mission to show you the other side. Join me each week as my guests and I share the tools you need to actually enjoy the body you've been blessed with. Because the answer isn't in another restricted diet, task on your to-do list, or simply sitting in this uncomfortable feeling. It's in uncovering your unique roadmap to your healthiest self. Ready to get started? Let's dive in to today's episode. Welcome back for another episode of the Feel Your Best podcast. I am so freaking excited to welcome my incredible friend, Becca. Becca has a love and passion for supporting moms in identity and holistic healing, allowing them to live in full capacity and joy. And she helps provide moms with the freedom from people-pleasing, perfectionism, and shame, which I know is something that we all just, even if you're not a mom, as women could use support with. And she is here with us to have a candid conversation about self-care versus self-sabotage. So trust me, friends, you are going to want to listen in, tune in for this, because there are going to be so many wonderful nuggets of wisdom and takeaways for you today. So Becca, I'm so excited for this conversation today. But first, before we dive in, I would love for you to take a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us about you, who your VIPs are, and who it is you serve. Yes, I am so excited. I I love the work you do. I love the women you serve. And it's such, as you know, we've had so many conversations. This is a topic, both the one we're talking about today, but also what you do in your work that I am so passionate about because when women come back to their bodies and to themselves, the world changes. And that's really the work I do as a coach. Um, A lot of people hear motherhood mentor and they think like, oh, parenting coach, but really what I do and who I mentor is women who want to understand themselves, women who want to come back into themselves and their bodies and their identities. And they want to learn how to integrate all of the different pieces of who they are and really understand it so that they can be present as mothers and in all of their relationships. And I know, and I've seen this in my personal life with my clients, when you heal that relationship to yourself, you are able to heal all of the other relationships. So whether that's your parenting or a marriage or romantic relationship or friendships, the relationship to your business, the relationship to your body or food, all of those become possible because the relationship you have with yourself is mirrored in everything else you do. So I kind of skipped right to the, like what I do and who I serve, but as you said, I'm Becca. I am married. I have two awesome kiddos. I always freeze when people ask me to tell me about myself because I'm like, how deep do we want to go? Do we like, do you want me to tell you my life story? The depth uh, of the earth. <laughs> yeah. The de- yeah. Cause I love going deep, but I, I am obsessed and in love with personal growth and healing. And that obviously came from my own personal journey at first, but I have always had a heart and a passion for helping people and connecting and relationships, relationships have always been the most important thing to me. And so 
in my personal life, that's always been true. And that has kind of carried into my work life as well now. So I know that's kind of a vague introduction to me, but. Oh no, it's perfect. And it leads beautifully into what it is that you do and how -hmm. you serve your, you know, ideal customers and clients and bring into what we're going to talk about today is self-care versus self-sabotage. And I know that these can be like buzzwords and things that, you know, you may be rolling your eyes at, but they're so important to identify the difference between them because I believe many women are thinking they're doing self-care when in fact it is sabotaging who it is they really desire to be. So Becca, can you explain first, like a little bit about self-care and self-sabotage. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll use the word buffering. So I'll explain kind of what I mean when I use the word buffering so that people know what that is, because if you're not in the coaching world already, that word means nothing to you. When I use the word buffering, a buffer is a coping mechanism, really at the basis of its meaning, it is a coping mechanism. So usually when we're talking about buffering people, it's buffering is a way to avoid feeling and dealing with negative emotion and uncomfortable emotion. And I'm using the word negative emotion because we have come to perceive so many of these normal, natural, healthy emotions as negative and we create suffering in them and they become very dramatic and we have a lot of shame about them and we have a lot of resistance to them and we don't like being uncomfortable. We don't like that feeling of shame or pain or unhappiness or discontent or resentment or anger. And we have this, like, almost like this tingling craving to feel better, to feel good. And there's so many things in this world that make us feel good and they're really quick and they're really easy. And these things are sold to us. And like, I use the word sold intentionally, like they, like there is an entire, all of these are making money. And it's easy to look at things like drinking and eating. Those are probably two of the ones that come up most frequently, but some of the things that can be buffers are also like yelling at your kids as a buffer, right? Cause like you get this like anger. And when you yell, there's actually something that happens in your body that there's like a relief. There's a release there that happens. Same thing when you eat food, right? But the problem with the buffers isn't that these are morally negative events. So I like to like teach people, like it's morally neutral, like buffers are still morally neutral. Like eating a cookie isn't bad. However, when you keep eating cookies, if you're eating a cookie, but what you need is connection, that cookie's never going to fill that deeper need. And so I don't want people to think of buffers and self-sabotage even as a negative thing. It's just a human thing. It's just your body and yourself trying to essentially get away from yourself. It's, it's this disconnecting from your experience. And this is why a lot of times when we're buffering a lot, when we're drinking, when we're eating, when we're getting on social media, right? That's a huge one right now. Social media, shopping, cleaning can be a buffer, right? And like cleaning, I think we would all agree, like cleaning is a really good thing, right? But like, if you're cleaning to avoid the fact that you're unhappy with your life, cleaning is never going to get you there. And so I like to think of it as there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing bad with these buffers or these self-sabotaging behaviors. But at the end of the day, the question I want to ask people is, is it creating the life you want? Mm. Because the problem with these is you can't 
get enough of what you don't need. You cannot get enough of what you don't need. And so you can keep eating those things, but it's never going to fill that deeper need. If that deeper need is some conversations with your husband, Mm -hmm. drinking that glass of wine might for an instant, calm your body down. And it might create this sense of peace or this sense of calm, or like you might relax a little bit, but it's not dealing with the overwhelm. It's not actually solving a problem. And in a lot of ways, it's not actually regulating your nervous system. It's numbing it. Mm -hmm. And what happens when we're numbing all the time, when we're using the same behaviors to numb and to, and to celebrate, right? Like if you think of like celebration and like enjoying a cookie or enjoying a glass of wine, and I go to those two because they're easy for women. And I already know that women have this concept in their heads, right? So they're really quick, easy grabs. When you're reaching for those things, it's because they work like on a very primal animalistic, like we are, it works. It creates a dopamine release. It creates a calm, but the problem is it's very quick. It's very short lasting. And so you need more and you need more and you need more. And then you have shame about it. And then you get in this spiral. And so self-care versus sabotage. I think so often when people are thinking of self-care, they're thinking of these tiny little things that make them feel good. But when I'm talking about self-care, I'm talking about reintegrating and being able to be with yourself, being able to be with all of your emotions and not have to run away, not have to disconnect from yourself, being able to be with your life being present. Like, can you imagine going to a party and actually getting to enjoy the people there? Mm -hmm. Right? Like self-care versus sabotage is such an important conversation to have because these buffering behaviors, it's not, I like, like keeping that morally neutral part, right? Like maybe they're not bad, but are they creating what you want? Mm. Yeah. Because we're so afraid of taking those things out of our lives. It feels like restriction, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You and me have talked so much about like the diet industry and restricting, but there's a difference between saying like, I'm not going to eat this because it's bad or I'm bad. Yep. And saying, is this really what I want? Mm, Yeah. Is this creating a life that feels good? Like, yeah, it might feel good for a moment, but sometimes those self-care things, like they're not there. There are ones that are quickly available. Right. And like, we'll talk about that in a minute, I think, but the problem isn't that they make you feel good. The problem is that they don't create a life that feels good. Yeah, they, they leave really a consequence good. for you or for your life or for your relationships, right? Like I think of people pleasing, people pleasing is absolutely a buffer. Mm. It's, it's leaving yourself and leaving your body and disconnecting from your experience in a lot of ways, because you're in pain, because you're uncomfortable, but it actually creates more suffering when we do that. Wow. That was really deep and powerful and very insightful as you'll notice Becca is very good at that. (laughs) Um, so for our listeners, how, how can they know if they are buffering or if they are actually practicing the self-care that they need to? Yeah. And I love this question because I think the first thing women are going to do anytime they hear there's a problem is they want to fix it. Yeah because we want to fix ourselves because we have this deep belief that there's something wrong with us. There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my body. There's something wrong with my behavior. So honestly, the first thing I would tell women to do is like, slow it down, Mm -hmm. 
Don't be in such a rush to stop self-sabotaging or to stop this buffering behavior. And instead I would say like, get curious about it. Like, don't be in such a rush to fix it because often what happens is we just fix the behavior, right? Which is what creates the buffering in the first part is that we're trying to fix the behavior and we get caught in these like vicious cycles instead of understanding like, what's like the deeper need? Mm. What's that deeper thing that I'm craving? And so I would say like, one, like remove the weight of it, like remove the like shame and the stubbornness. Like this is totally natural. I coach women on this all the time and I still buffer like crazy. Like I just got out of a season where all of a sudden I was like, Ooh, I have really been buffering with food. And, but then I also had to slow it down and be like, wow. But like, I was buffering with like a small bowl of ice cream instead of an entire pint or two, like, you know, like I, I had to recognize like, okay, um, a pint of ice cream is probably a little bit better than like cocaine. Like it's, you know, like we make these things to be a really big deal to ourselves and, and that just creates more shame. Yeah. So I think if we could slow it down and get curious and get aware. So like, I would say, instead of trying to remove buffering, start noticing when you're buffering. Mm. When, when am I like reaching for that glass of wine and what is it that I'm wanting? And can I get it from that bottle of the glass? Or am I going to have to drink the whole bottle to get that feeling that I'm wanting? Because it goes back to that quote, you can't get enough of what you don't need. Maybe what you really need is some music. Maybe what you really need is to go call a friend before you cook dinner. Maybe what you need is to kick your kids outside so that you have a moment of peace to breathe Mm -hmm. before bedtime, right? Like slowing it down and asking yourself, like, what is it that I really want? What is it that I really need? And not shaming yourself. And even maybe having that glass of wine or whatever it is you're drinking, whatever it is you're doing, whatever that behavior is going on social media, get on social media, scroll. But then before you put your phone away, I want you to ask yourself, how do I feel? What did that create in me right now? And then notice, like, do I feel better later? Because self-care sometimes is uncomfortable in the moment, but it usually at least at some point starts creating those endorphins and the dopamine, right? Like you do get those responses, but they're, they're typically more delayed a little bit with some Mm self-care or it takes some sort of investment. It maybe might not be as quick of a fix, but how you start noticing if it's self-care is that it, it feels good after too. It feels good an hour later. It feels good tomorrow, right? Like there, there's sometimes discomfort, right? Like an easy, quick one, right? Like we all think of as like working out, right? Like it takes effort. It takes some energy, but I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have worked out yesterday. That was so stupid. But what is it creating in your life? And also think long-term, right? Because self-care is, I want a life that feels good not five minutes that feel good. I want to be able to be with myself and be present with my body and be present with my life. And I want to feel proud of me. And this isn't like a feeling shame about the fact that we buffer. It's are these buffers taking the place of what you really need? And I think that's really the problem is that we're eating candy when what we need is this like this nourishing, delicious, indulgent meal, right? Like I think of it as like, think of like something super sweet that like you don't really like, like you don't even really enjoy it. 
And that's what happens with buffers. We stop enjoying it. And I, you know, I can speak to this, especially with food. Like when I get in these bad, these buffering behaviors with food, I'm not actually enjoying it. I'm not sitting there thinking like, oh my God, this is so good. Like it tastes so good. I am not in my body. I am not in my mind. I am not in my emotions. I'm not connecting with the people around me around food. I'm sitting there obsessing over it and I'm thinking over it and I'm just numbing. Like you can, you can just like feel yourself separating from your body and you just feel numb. Like you don't feel anything versus like we went out to PF Chang's for my birthday and they have like that great wall of chocolate cake or whatever. And every single bite, it was just like, oh, this is so good. Like it's so indulgent. And like that was self-care. Yeah. But if I'm standing in my kitchen in the dark, like shoveling it in my face because like, I don't feel good. And yeah. my body's reaching for something to feel good. There's no shame in that. My body's just all been there. To good. We have all been there. not actually creating it. Yeah. That's, that's the problem with buffering. It's not actually creating what it is that you want and deeper than that, what it is that you need. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so good. I'm just sitting here thinking about all the things that you said and just taking it in myself because it is so relatable and it is something that I know so many women deal with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And what I appreciate is that you keep sharing this reminder to release the shame. Mm -hmm. It is not shameful to have those buffers in place. No, it is human. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. No, this isn't something we have to fix. This isn't something we have to eliminate. You can't eliminate that. I, I think this is one of the things that I come back to over and over again in any area that I coach is like, you can't outcoach your humanness. You can't like, there's no personal growth or spiritualism that outweighs the fact that you're in a human body with a human brain that just wants to feel good. Mm-hmm. You just want to feel good. You just want to be safe and your body and your brain are doing the best job they know how, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why these behaviors at some point, maybe these kept you safe. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. these kept you sober. Maybe these kept you in a marriage. Maybe these kept you showing up for your kids and not abandoning them. Right. Like, I think we'd all agree, like, okay, <laughs> it kept you in your values, but now what mm-hmm. is it still working for you? I think that's like one. I think questions are always so much more powerful for our brains and statements. Yeah. If you can slow it down and start getting curious, like that curiosity of like, is this working for me? Do I like this? Like it, is this, is this how I want to show up for myself and for my life? And kind of this concept of like, what do I deserve? Right. I I talk, I teach and talk a lot to women about their self boundaries, that the reason we're so bad at boundaries with other people is because we often tend to be really bad about boundaries with ourselves. We are allowing all of these things that don't align to what we're worth and what we really deserve because we don't believe we deserve better. It's almost this like self-punishment and this accepting of like, this is all I, this is all I'm worth. And, And it's kind of a vicious cycle because you have to attack both the belief, but you also have to like, look at the action and look at the behavior But I think the problem, especially with the diet industry, like I know that's a big thing you coach on the problem with the diet industry is they're only attacking the behavior. Yeah. 
And there's all of this shame around it instead of this understanding of like, no, 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 this is, this is your biology. Like, of course you're doing this. Like, of course it only makes sense. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is when you start removing the shame and you start getting curious and you start just getting aware of like you, awareness brings you back to yourself. And that might be a little uncomfortable at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. And a lot of us are really trying to avoid discomfort and uncomfortable emotions and those negative emotions. But when you're willing to sit with those, they reveal, they are signs and flags and signals to what you want and what you need and what you want to create in this life. Yeah. And how many women do you know who feel disempowered from their lives? They feel disconnected from themselves. They are overwhelmed. And whenever I hear the word overwhelmed, you are so outside of yourself that you don't even know where to go or what to do or how to act, right? Like you feel numb. You feel this like dishappiness and disconnectedness with yourself and with your life and with your relationships. You're there, but not really there. Yeah. And so this discomfort is actually a really good thing. So when women start using that language and they start telling me that I'm like, this is so good. Stay there. Don't, don't run from this. Don't buffer this. Like ask it, ask it why it's here. Come back to yourself. And so, you know, like practically, I, I think we had kind of started to go here, but like one, you have to like get that awareness without your judgment. You have to get curious. You have to start noticing your behavior, but starting to question why, and not just self-observation. A lot of women are just going to go into self-observation. And the difference is awareness involves also your emotional and your physical response to it. Like really getting in your body about how does this make me feel physically, not just mentally and the idea of it, because then we're going to have all of the shame and the good girl, bad girl, and the like moral hierarchy we put on health, which right, like the diet industry has now just reclaimed itself as the health industry, but there's still this moral hierarchy of, I know we all know there's like this understanding. We've all come into this agreement that women who are healthier are better. Mm. Really? Like if we're telling the truth, women who are thinner are better. Women who are muscular are better. And even when we've disagreed with it, right? Like I have fully disagreed with those statements. I like, it is morally neutral. What matters is how you feel in your body. We still have that in our heads. We still have that in our lives and we have to understand and recognize how that's showing up in our behaviors and how that bad and that shame is actually driving us to that behavior even more because we have to escape ourselves from being bad. So moving into that deep awareness. And I think too, that meeting the deeper needs, what are you craving? What are you actually wanting? What is it that you need in your life? And I think one of the big things too, is that emotional and mental maturity and learning to recognize sensation, right? Embodiment. That's one of the things I coach a lot on is embodiment, even just recognizing self, right? One of the first practices I have women do when they start one-on-one or group coaching with me is I tell them for a whole week, I want you to go pee when you have to pee. And they all laugh. And like, we laugh, we all laugh together. And then I say, No, but I'm serious. Watch how hard it is and watch how often you are ignoring one of your most basic primal needs. How often are we just holding our pee? And then like all of a sudden you like remember yourself. Yeah. 
what would it be like to like be so in tune with your body that you actually notice when you have to go to the bathroom and not like a constant urgency, obviously starting to recognize and get back into our bodies, both sensation wise, but also emotion, learning to recognize and name and cope with emotion is one of the biggest things you need to stop buffering because Often the reason you go to buffering is because there's two different reasons. One, you're avoiding that uncomfortable, quote unquote, negative emotion, or you're trying to create the emotion you want, right? Like you're trying to have peace. You're trying to have pleasure. You're wanting relief. I'm trying to think of like the other positive emotions women are seeking for. A lot of times it's connection. It's present, right? Like they want to feel present to their lives. But when you learn how to do that without buffering, that's when you have authority and control over your life because you, you don't have to separate from yourself when you're angry anymore. You don't have to yell at your kids when you're angry anymore. You can just feel that anger when you're resentful at your husband. You don't just have to like side eye and glare. You can actually have a conversation with him and hold a boundary, right? Like an amazing thing starts to happen when you start building that emotional and mental maturity of being able to recognize what's going on emotionally in your feelings, but also like the sentences running through your head, the thoughts and the stories, the stories your brain is fabricating. This is a huge one with women. We let our brains run the show, which then in turn makes our feelings run the show. And this is where we get that like awful, awful stigma of like being too emotional or being dramatic. And it's because we haven't integrated our mind, soul, and body. They're all disintegrated and they're all like working against each other, right? Like even just the behavior of buffering is like your emotions are trying to get safety. And so you're sabotaging your body. Yeah. Right. Versus just like, Hey body, like what's something that would serve all of us together, like (laughs) as one integrated whole woman. And I think the fourth thing is starting to learn how we get our nervous system back into regulation when we're not both while we're in those moments, but also outside of those moments. So starting to bring things into your life that help you feel good, because when you're meeting those deeper needs, you're not going to reach for that candy because yeah. you don't need it anymore. You don't crave it. You don't want that anymore. And I'm using the word candy as like theoretical, right? Like that yeah. cheap, very high, very stimulating, but like, it's not even enjoyable. Like it's not even good. When you start getting the good, deep things you need, you stop reaching for those self-sabotaging behaviors almost automatically because it's not the behavior we have to fix. It's the drive. It's, it's the why. And so this is one of those reasons why like women join a coaching program and before they've even like learned anything or being taught anything, there's this instant change in the way she's showing up for herself because all of a sudden she is connected. She's taken care of, she's supported, she's heard, she's seen. And so this is like one of the beautiful things that I love about coaching is that it meets this deeper need and this longing that women have. And without even having to like try to change the behavior, all of a sudden, like it becomes so much easier because she's meeting that deeper need. Yeah. Like it's getting met, it's, it's getting addressed. And so learning coping mechanisms that don't have negative side effects. Mm. And then also just recognizing that like humans are going to buffer. Yeah. 
you're, you're going to do it. Like you can't get rid of it. And so you just learn how to like be aware of it and notice it and kind of use it like a, like a bumper on the side of the road of like, Oh, I've noticed like I'm doing this a lot lately, but I'm not really, it's like a sign to get back to yourself. Yeah. You can think of it like it's an internal GPS, like your behavior is a symptom. Your behavior is not whether you're good or bad. Your behavior is revealing. How do I feel? Do I feel good or do I feel bad? And do I know how to feel bad without sabotaging myself or turning on myself and making it suffering? Because there's a big difference. Those four things are usually how I work through this with women with buffering, but this is something that like, just start small we try to go too big and just like remove all of it. And, you know, for some people that works, but for most women, you're not in a place in your life where your nervous system is ready for that. And it is going to freak the F out on you, right? Like it is, it is going to panic. If you are experiencing trauma and eating ice cream every night has been like keeping you safe and numb in your body, because if you go there, it's too uncomfortable for you to face alone. Like that might not be healthy for you to remove the buffer. And so I do kind of want to give that like warning of like, especially if you are in this place of like the thought or the idea of even like not having it, like you're almost kind of moving into like that addiction territory. It's really important to know that you might need someone else to help your body regulate. Yeah. This is no longer an inside solo job. And honestly, I think that's where we go wrong so often as humans is we just try to change these behaviors on our own. We read the books, we listen to the podcast, which, you know, like I'm a huge fan of that, but so much of learning how to regulate your nervous system is mirrored by the people that you're regulating with. Mm-hmm. It is having someone holding space for you and keeping you safe and reminding you to stay with yourself and helping you carry it and helping you unload it. And recognizing the way you're sabotaging yourself. I think, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are at this. You are still going to have that. I mean, me and you were just talking before we got on this podcast that I recently started doing one-on-one coaching again, Mm -hmm. because I had recognized I was self-sabotaging in a lot of ways. And I was starting to forget myself and I was starting to not integrate all of who I was because I was a little uncomfortable with some of the parts of me and some of the parts of my life. And I was ignoring myself in ways. And so, and I'm good at this, right? Like I coach other women on this. I've been coaching other women's on this concept for a long time now. And I still need someone to come into the room with me and sit with me and talk through it and work through it in a safe environment where I'm allowed to just be messy and I'm allowed to have these behaviors without the shame, but also understand them so that I can start caring for myself and start moving into that place of self-love and self-care where it's not just this surface level, oh, women need self-care. And it's like, yeah, that's not actually really helpful for women because what self-care to someone is self-sabotage for another. Yeah. What, what, what self-care in one moment might be sabotaging myself in another, because the difference is, are you remembering yourself in this behavior? Are you celebrating your life in this behavior? Are you caring for yourself in this behavior? Or are you in this behavior to forget yourself, Mm -hmm. to disconnect from yourself, to disassociate from the discomfort or to try to create 
a false sense of security when you're living in a place that doesn't feel secure and what you really need is something a little bit less accessible than a glass of wine. Yeah. What you really need is like connection or a boundary or maybe you really need some like help in parenting. Like maybe you're really struggling as a mom. A bubble bath isn't going to fix that. No. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, even breaks, like, I think all of us would agree, like breaks are a great thing. Like all of the moms are like, yes, please send me on like a week long vacation to Hawaii. That will help. And I'm like, yeah, it will. But the reality is that two weeks later, when you get home from Hawaii, you're still living in that same life that you left. Yeah. So it's not that the break is bad. This is a great example of like, it's not that the behavior is bad. I think all of us would agree. This is good. Vacations are good. Sitting on the beach, sipping a drink, really good. That's yeah, not yeah. a bad behavior. What if you didn't have to run away from your life? What if that was a vacation and a celebration, not a, I can't handle my life anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I want women to build lives that they don't have to escape from. I want them to not have to escape from their body, from their emotions, from their mind. Life becomes so much easier and less stressful and less overwhelming when you don't have to constantly be trying to find a way to run away from yourself or from your kids or from your marriage or from your food. I mean, it's impossible. I mean, that's why I think food is such a powerful one because when we're at war with our bodies, when we're, at, when we're in a place of self-sabotage with the very thing that nourishes us, how exhausting is that? That's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tiring. To deal it with is. That. And so it's like, it, it eases you to be able to learn how to do these things and to how to move into this work of self-care versus self-sabotage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is just so juicy and so wonderful <laughs> and so valuable, even just for me to sit here and listen to this. And I just want to thank you for all that you've shared with our listeners today. And I know that you and I could go on and on about this and other topics. Yes. And I, I feel as though I will definitely be bringing you on again to talk more about another topic that (laughs) of value for our listeners. Now, before we officially end, I'd love to have the listeners get to know you a little bit better. Do you have an AM or PM routine that you love? Yes, but it's more, I really like to think of it as a ritual and I kind of check in with myself on what I'm needing and it just depends on the day. I usually spend some alone time in the mornings, journaling, reading a nonfiction. Like I've recently like started using my heat pad cause I've recognized like it just brings that like body coziness to it. Yeah. Um, drinking water. And I honestly, my whole, I've started to think of a lot of the things I do as rituals. Like I even have really started to try to bring that into like my home care. Yeah. And my self-care, I, especially with like movement and eating, I haven't been doing as much routine as I have been trying to honor and be present with myself. And so in the evenings, like there's little things, like I get changes into my PJs, I brush my teeth, I do my skincare and all those things are good and great. But honestly, at the end of the day, the biggest thing I do for myself, that is like a routine I guess you could say is having coaching. Honestly, I think if I had to choose one, like one or two practices, it would be getting coached, Mm 
and then coaching myself through the day, like being with my emotions, being with my thoughts, being with my brain and paying attention to myself throughout the day, not just in the morning, not just at night. And that took a lot of intention at the beginning. Like that was not, I, you know, we didn't talk a whole lot about my journey, but like there was a time when I was completely disassociated and completely disconnected from everything. I was just walking through life unaware. And so anymore, I'm really like the more I can make things ritual and routine, like the better life is feeling, but not, I don't like the word routine. It just feels not fun for me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's something we can dig into at another time to yeah. figure out why that might be. But I love that. Everybody has their own spin and view and on um, different words that hold more meaning to them and feel yeah. more aligned to them. So yeah. there, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask just one more question. Yes. That is, what are you currently reading? Or is there a podcast you're loving? I always love tons of podcasts. I've recently been listening to Madison Morgan's podcast a lot lately, loving that. And then I'm reading my fiction book. I just started is the gilded ones and it's really good. I'm, I'm a little like, okay, I don't know how this is going to go. It's very similar to like the Geisha series. I can't remember what those books are called. It's very like fantasy young adult, but I'm really liking it so far. And then I'm also reading the four agreements. I don't remember the author on that, but I just started that this morning. Actually, I was reading a different book and I recognized like right in the beginning that like, I just didn't like, I wasn't feeling great with it. So I decided to not read it and switch to something else. There you go. I love that. You giving yourself the permission to do. I was like two chapters more, in and I was like, you know what? This isn't the book I need right now. I love it. I love that you're in tune and listening deep within yourself to know what feels right for you. So love, love, love that because all you talk about is embodiment and awareness and you're living and breathing proof that you are doing that. So yeah, most of the time. And then sometimes I'm not, and that's okay too. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Nobody's perfect. It's all about progress. And again, being aware of what it is that you need in that moment. So I love, love, love all of this and appreciate you being here with us today, Becca. So I want to encourage each and every one of you to go give Becca a follow on IG and check out the show notes for all of the juicy goodness that happened here today. So thank you again. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. You are such a gift and such an incredible friend and to the women you work with, but I just, I love you. And I'm so grateful that we could be friends. Thank you so much for listening to the Feel Your Best podcast today. Let this act as your daily reminder that you, yes, you friend, deserve to feel the best you can in your body. My hope is that this podcast will be the place you can come to get the right dose of inspiration, education, and motivation to help you take action and see that you can create a body you love. If you love this episode, I would be so grateful if you would share it with your friends so that they too can start feeling better in their body. Tag me on your Instagram stories with a screenshot of this episode and let me know what you thought. I'll see you next time.